Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. Christine and Leo are carrying an intense wattage of faith. You know what I love about you guys? That you love wildly, you love freely, you love with zealousness, you have a jealousness for the bride, that you have a longing and a virtue and you lead with such an integrity of heart. You are motivated by the things of the Spirit. You are motivated by the things of God. And God is establishing, and the word that I get for you is establishment, that God's actually establishing you and also there's a generational blessing upon your entire family lineage. And so I love you, and I bless you, and I honor you, and I I love this house. You know, surely the Lord is in this place. And we are so, so blessed to be in a spirit-filled, hungry, anointed church, the bride of Christ. The greatest days are ahead for the bride of Christ. I love you guys. Wow, Jesus. Come on. This is a place where principalities and powers and rulers and authorities and the prince of the air is shocked and he shrinks back because this is a city on a hill and it's taking dominion not only over five dock but also through Sydney, through New South Wales and throughout the nations. God is going to have his way in this land. And he's doing it through his people. Yeah, thank you, Lord. The Lord spoke to me and he said, Jackie, if you want peace, you need to be prepared for war. If you want peace, you know, we cry peace, peace. Even the Old Testament, they cried peace, peace. But let me tell you, people of God, it is a time for war. And if we truly want peace, then we're going to go out because the Bible says the horses prepare for the day of battle, but victory belongs to the Lord. We have a victory in Christ Jesus that the world needs to see and to hear and persevere and to understand. We're going to shock the world with the goodness of God. The Bible says that my people will be volunteers in the day of my power. It is the day of his power because the darkness is increasing, but the glory of God is increasing. And what is more powerful? Let's stop glorifying the devil and his ways and start glorifying the king. We're ushering in the good news. Jesus is here and he's coming. It's the kingdom now, but not yet. There's this unbridled affection that the body of Christ has before the King of glory. And it's that unbridled affection that will change the world. The Lord spoke to me. He said, the deception of the hour is that man will believe that another man will fulfill their job. The deception of the hour is that man will believe that another man will fulfill their job. You think, well, what does that mean? It means that if we don't say yes to God and be obedient, 
we think we're shrinking back with the spirit of humility or false humility and saying, oh my goodness, even though I've seen what He's promised me, I have a word of the Lord, we shrink back and we think someone else is going to fulfill that on our behalf. We are called to take dominion upon the earth. If not you, then who? If not now, then when? I'm broken for my generation. You know, I cried out to God this year because I know this is a spiritual war. It is a fierce battle. And I I know the people of God are, are weary, weary in war, weary in battle. And God's saying to don't grow weary in doing good, but this is the time that the harvest, the harvest, the harvest is here. Lord's saying, do not give up and do not lose heart. Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. God wants to break off the weariness. He wants to break off the the trauma. He wants to break off the lies of the devil. You know, the Lord showed me that there is a, a, a false shame that the world tries to give the body of Christ. Because we have right standing with God, therefore we are righteous in Him. But the world condemns what it doesn't understand. And they look at us because we have right standing with God and they point a finger of persecution. Who are you to say these things? We need to say these things. We need to speak the reality of the mysteries of God. Because nobody else is going to do it. And the world doesn't understand. You know, when the the Egyptians were in, sorry, the Israelites were in bondage in Egypt. And, And Moses said to Pharaoh, let us go for three days to go into the wilderness that we may sacrifice and give a sacrifice and worship our God. And Pharaoh said, I don't know who your God is. And then he condemned them even more. And he put even more work upon them as a taskmaster. The world does not understand the the mysteries of the Spirit. And that's why we need to speak out. Daniel 7 says, verse 13, I was watching in the night visions and behold, One like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all peoples, nations, and languages shall serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed." We have an unshakable kingdom. We have a kingdom that is constantly establishing the rule and the government of Christ Jesus. To that rule, there will be no end. 
And so what we need to do is constantly establish who He is. But how do we do that? We do it through the declaration, through our mouthpiece, through our voice. We don't look to the right or to the left or listen to the media or the spirit of Leviathan that twists that false, lying, deceptive spirit that twists truth or takes a partial truth and calls it a truth, but it's a lie. But the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Amen. Yeah. The devil's trying to speak pompous words against the saints. But you know, the the Bible, God is so clear. You know that we can only understand the things of the Spirit by understanding spiritual realities through the Word and through the Spirit. And it says this, In 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 to 16, but as is written, eye has not seen, no ear has not heard, no mind can understand or enter the heart of the man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Everyone say, his spirit. Yeah. God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Everyone say, the deep things of God. So we can only understand the things of the Spirit and the deep things of God through the Holy Spirit. And verse 11, for what man knows the things of man except the Spirit of the man? which is in him, even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Some of us are crying out, saying, what is it that you want me to do in this hour? What have you actually called me to do? What is the will of God? What's my purpose in this life? But God's saying the spirit, the spirit of the man is actually the lampstand of the Lord. So he illuminates himself in our inner being through our spirit man. When we're born again, of course, we're born of the spirit and we cry, Abba, Father. But the Holy Spirit, the indwelling spirit within us has the ability to illuminate the purposes, the plans, the predestination of the things of God. And so we can only understand the will of the Father through His indwelling Spirit that illuminates truth. And so when we say, show me, Lord, your will. Show me, Lord, like the sons of Issachar, they knew the times and the seasons. How can we know the times and the seasons? We turn off the false prophets. We turn down all the voices. And then we turn up that indwelling Holy Spirit within us. And we say, God, speak to me. We say, God, and we fill our spirit man with the Word of God that's living and active, that is sharper than any two-edged sword, and it penetrates and separates between soul and spirit and joints and marrow and judges the very thoughts and the intents of the heart. Because nothing in creation can be hidden from the eyes of God. 
And so we can't understand spiritual realities except being edified and encouraged and exhorted through the truth of the Word, of the knowledge of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Because this is the written Word. It's actually Jesus Christ personified. The written Word, the Logos Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. Amen. We need to, as a body of Christ, and I'm sorry, this is actually a correctional word, but I tell you right now, it comes in love. And it comes with a history with God of 13 years. He saved me from suicide. I say, God, you put me in my right mind. If you give me peace, I'll go anywhere. And I'll go anywhere for you and I'll go anywhere with you. And I laid it all down and I meant it. I live my life from a place of yieldedness. I live my life out of a place of obedience. If we're not obedient, we're not sons, we're orphans. He disciplines those whom He loves. If we're not obedient and we're not yielding to Him, then we're an orphan. I won't live my life as an orphan. Do you know the Bible says repent so that times of refreshing can come? I live out of a place of repentance. Why do we treat the word repentance as a dirty or humiliating word? It's the greatest place of freedom. It's the quickest way, the fast track to deliverance. Oh, free me, God. Repent. Free me from myself. Repent. Repent. So the times of my refreshing may come. Repent so that you can see clearly. Repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Ha. Jesus, <laughs> we love you. We need you. There are many that are falling away right now. There's a sanctified separation that's happening in the church. Many will be saved, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they'll fulfill the promises of God. Are we not the city on a hill? Do we not let our light shine? Do we not declare the good works in the land of the living? You know, I'm not unscathed. I've had people die in my life in the last 12 months that I never expected to happen. I hate the devil. He's a liar and a thief. He's seeking whom he may devour. I'm speaking out of a place of the depths of my heart of true conviction. The Lord spoke to me so clearly this year. He said, Jackie, you're in in unbelief. You are in unbelief. He said, because of the things that you've gone through in the last 18 months of your life and you're slipping back, but I need you to go forward. You need to not look like Lot's wife, look at the past. I need you to go forward. I need you to move into the promised land. I need you to see fulfillment of the promises. Behold, in the volume of my book, it is written of you. I delight to do your will, O Lord. We will not have an absolute delight unless we fulfill what He's put on our heavenly scroll in order for us to reach fulfillment. It's Him that works within us to do and to will for His good pleasure. Jesus. And so that volume of your book that is written in heaven, 
than days. Jeremiah, all the prophets, before I formed you and I knew you and I called you, I predestined you to be a prophet to the nations. Who will go? But I'm a man of unclean lips. Ha! Don't call impure what I call pure. Don't call unholy what I call holy. Fear not, I have redeemed you, says the Lord. Jesus. God is calling us to account. To account because the darkness on the earth right now needs to know about a Savior. And His name is Jesus. But the world will not see him unless we say yes and we stop operating out of false humility and shrinking back and saying yes and giving an account. And so I did a 40-day fast. You know, uh, 21 days was water, some juicing, the last seven was water. And I don't say this to say, look at me. I say this because the Lord had me fast my unbelief. He had me fast my apathy and he had me fast my complacency. I need you to go forward. I need you to have deliverance so that then therefore you can release the deliverer. We can only give away what we've already overcome ourselves. If we declare freedom, then surely we need to be free. Jesus. John the Baptist. When Zacharias was given a promise, and Elizabeth, remember that they would birth John, the Baptist, the one that would go out and declare repentance in the wilderness. Repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It says this in Luke 1. And it says this, verse 13. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. And she shall call his name John. John actually means the beloved John knew he was the disciple that Jesus loved. When we know that we're loved, we can change the world. You know, the Bible says that this is real love. Not that we loved him first, but that he loved us first. That while we were yet sinners, that he died for us. That is the place that miracles happen. Not striving for a miracle, but living from the miracle. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. Even John the Baptist, when he was born, he was filled with the Holy Ghost. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. Now, this is where we're going to go, guys. We need to capture this. Verse 17. And he will also go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah. 
And this is talking about Malachi 4.5.6. This is what is in reference to. And Malachi 4.5.6 says that you'll turn the father's hearts to the sons and the sons' hearts to the fathers. But this is talking about John the Baptist. And this is what it says. He will also go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. The earth right now is groaning for the sons of God to manifest. When we are right with God, when we are obedient to God, we can make those things obedient to Him around us. Because of our right standing with God, we can make things right around us. Hallelujah. And so when we come in the face of opposition and we can declare a truth, a spiritual reality, the mysteries of God, and it pierces the darkness and people's hearts. You know, I've had so many people write to me, people that are in sin. I had someone write to me the other day, crazy sexual sin, write to me. And this is what they wrote. Their words were, they hadn't seen me for 25 years since school. They wrote Jackie and underneath they went God. Obviously, I'm not God, but they were looking for an answer from God. And so this scripture says, the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And so when we're obedient, therefore we can make the disobedient things around us become obedient And a scripture that says this in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 6, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So when I'm obedient, therefore I can punish disobedience. Obviously not punishing people, but the principalities that attach to those people that bring deception. Because the nature of deception is that you don't even know that you're deceived. And so when we come in with the spirit of truth, not the spirit of error, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God, those that are in disobedience, those who are backslidden, there is plenty right now that need to front slide, not backslide, but it's our words that will enable them to front slide. There's so many people around me now that need a word in season, but we can only do that if we know the thoughts and the mind and the will and the purposes and the promises and the truth and the reality and the unction of the Holy Spirit that illuminates truth within us, that breaks the chains of oppression, deception, turmoil and trauma. We can only do that if we have the indwelling Holy Ghost, the power, the Word of God that's living and active. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. He disciplines those whom he loves. I would rather be disciplined. I'd rather be disciplined by him than smack my head into walls in this world and say, oh, that really hurt and having to learn the hard way. And I've smacked in some pretty hectic walls. And I think some other people might have done that as well. Who can like hear me on this and you're like, yeah, 
I'd rather God tell me and vindicate me, acknowledge me. I'd rather repent. Times of refreshing may come. And then I'll bear much more fruit. Because he'll prune me and he'll shape me and he'll form my heart. And he'll perfect that diamond in the rough within me that needs that bond of perfection. And when he does that and he calls me to account, and praise God that he does. Because even this position up here with this microphone, I'll tell you right now, I have the fear of the Lord over this. Because there's a greater judgment upon teachers and preachers. Why? Because a little leaven can leaven the whole lump. Because this microphone is like the rudder of a ship and it directs and moves and it's counsel and it's wisdom. And if I lead you astray, I'll tell you right now, I'd rather a millstone be hung around my neck and I'd be thrown into the ocean than lead anyone astray. Because when he calls me to account and he says, what did you do with what I gave you? Did you multiply the seed? Did you leave the earth different? Did you declare my name among the nations? Did you declare my glory among the nations? Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear him is able to destroy both and body and soul in hell. We need to stop shrinking back in timidity. We need to stop thinking that someone else will fulfill the thing that we're intended to fulfill. This is how we overcome the world, by our faith. Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for Christ's sake will find it. And I want to share with you a dream because I believe that the Lord spoke to me so clearly. And you can receive this as well because I believe there's there's a commissioning on this dream. And so... Earlier this year, I had this dream and there was, I was on a motorbike and I had all of these um, leathers on and I'm riding this motorbike, it was a fast motorbike and um, there was a woman in a car and she was driving and she chucked out her young child, only about four or five years old and the child landed with a boom, thud on the road and this child was lying there lifeless in the road and all of a sudden another car comes by runs over over the top of the child and I'm like whoa by the time this I'm like oh my goodness and so I'm on this motorbike and I knew I had to stop the traffic so the traffic would not run over the young child and so I'm there on my motorbike and I turn my motorbike face first into the oncoming traffic and I say stop the traffic And all of the traffic comes to a halt. And I said, call an ambulance. And I look at the young child laying lifeless. And I run over to the young child and I start giving the young child CPR. Mouth to mouth, resuscitating that young child. Breathing breath back into the lungs of that little boy. And the Lord spoke to me through this. 
And I said, what in the world was that all about? God will speak to us through enigmas, through dreams, through visions. He, he'll commission us even through our dreams. He'll show us the times and the seasons through our dreams. Like the sons of Issachar. And so I said, God, what does that even mean? He said, Jackie, the car, the woman in the car that threw out the young child is the church throwing out the ability to reproduce herself. She threw out her own offspring and she's doing it through the window of the car. And the window represents prophetic vision. It represents the gifts of the Spirit. The church will not reproduce herself if she throws away her spiritual gifts. We want to see a multiplication. But yet the church in general is throwing out the gifts and not reproducing herself. That's where dominion starts from. Remember Adam and Eve, multiply. Take dominion. I've called you to take dominion, multiply across the earth. And so as that child is laying there lifeless, and then me on a motorbike represents a powerful individual ministry, the evangelist, the revivalist, people of God. And so then as I'm stopping the traffic saying, call an ambulance, an ambulance represents those who are called to bring people to the great physician. Call an ambulance. We need Jesus. Call an ambulance. We need salvation. We need healing. We need healing. An ambulance. And then as I was giving that child CPR, it means, it means resuscitation. Boom. The dead thing's coming to life. The body of Christ. Boom. Being awakened. Revival. The spirit of revival. The spirit and the bride says, come. And so I believe that this place is a city on a hill, Leo and Christine. And that this represents the window to eternity. And there's a revelatory anointing on this house. And God says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Malachi 3.10, open up the windows of heaven. Test me indeed and you'll see me pour out my spirit. I'll give a blessing. The storehouses of heaven will be so open that you'll not be able to contain it. Huh. God will not be mocked. He's not in man that he shall lie. Surely the Lord is in this place, but will we know it? Disciples on the way to Emmaus. Remember, Jesus was with them. He was telling them the scriptures, the things that were going to happen. And, and, and they were asking him, don't you know just what happened? They just crucified the Messiah. They were blind. When he broke the bread and he was walking with them and they said, oh my goodness, this is Jesus. And then he disappeared and they said, did not our hearts burn within us? 
If you feel a burning or a hunger in your heart right now, you want to move in the things of the Spirit, you're tired of the world and you want to press on towards the prize and calling in Christ Jesus and you want to move in the gifts of the Spirit and you want to say, you know what, Jesus, use me in this hour even though you felt like a person with unclean lips and God is saying, I'm going to commission you right now in this moment and I want to invite you to take a stand. Because if not you, then who? If not today or this hour or this year or 2020 or 2021, then when? He's going to move upon your yes. He's going to move upon your yes. You're stepping out of the boat. Some of you, you're looking at your neighbor and thinking, what are they going to think of me if I stand up right now? Let me tell you right now, you're not going to give an account to God and they are not going to be accountable for you, neither will you be accountable for them. I invite you to take a stand. People of God, maybe the musos can jump up, but people of God, I'm calling you to account. The Father is calling you to account. He's going to move in power upon the earth. He chooses you. Not because of anything that you've done, but because you say yes. And because that this is real love. Not that you loved him first but that he love you first. And so he is going to abide and bring his indwelling presence. Let me tell you right now, faith is the substance of things hopeful, the evidence of things that are unseen. He's going to move in such a power in your life. You know, sometimes I stand there and the glory rolls over me. Sometimes I look like an idiot when I'm praying for people because I'm holding their hand and the glory starts rolling off me. And I don't know if it's an angel, but you know what? Some, sometimes it's so overwhelming when the glory comes. His glory is going to roll off you. His power and His presence is going to pour out of you in such a way it's going to confound. You're not going to come with wise and persuasive words. Mm-mm. You're going to come with a demonstration of power so that people's faith is not in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. You know, I used to work in media agencies and sometimes I'd just get up and start preaching the gospel. I I kind of, you know, mate, boldness. He's going to give you such a boldness, it's going to be ridiculous. You know he doesn't veto your own free will to make you brave. Wow, what? He doesn't make me brave? Uh Uh-uh. It's by you saying yes. It's by you stepping out of the boat and walking on the Word. Not just the water, but you walk on the Word. And when you walk on the Word, then you're performing the miraculous. You'll shock yourself. And I believe there's an awe and a wonder and a shock. Because let me tell you, in 
in Acts 2, when God poured out His Spirit upon all flesh and those tongues of fire fell on those heads, do you think that they were ever the same again? All He did is say, tarry and wait till I come. That's an active stance. And so He's saying, will you let me pour through you? Even though there's darkness, He's saying, let me come and pour out my Spirit in such a way that you're going to shock the world. I see some of you performing the miraculous signs, wonders, miracles. Some of you, you're going to see your loved ones saved this Christmas. Some of you are going to lay hands on loved ones. I saw someone's liver being healed. I saw someone's left kidney being healed. You're going to see your family members saved this Christmas. Do you know why? Because they're hungry for truth and they don't even know it. I would have despaired if I had not believed. I would have despaired if I had not believed. I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He's marked you. He's marked you for revival. So we're going to play this song and I just want you to give Him your yes. Just give Him your yes. Just tell Him. Lord, pour through me. Lord, give me a zealousness. Lord, repent. You can just tell him, I repent of my apathy. Even right now, Lord, I repent of my apathy. I repent of my complacency. I repent of shrinking back. I repent of thinking that someone else will fulfill my job. commissioning you himself he's saying I'm going to do my best work yet he's saying that the latter glory is greater than the former glory you've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast we hope this message has encouraged you for more please visit our website ggclife.com or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.